Oh yeah. How does that fit in to a cohesive, larger vision? We will always have enough cash yeah. around. Strictly business. Business. Just business. Hello, finance leaders, and welcome to CFO Year, your new favorite finance podcast. I'm Patrick, and I get to speak with the finance professionals doing special things in special businesses. Today, I'm speaking with Jana Ludwig Machyshev, VP of Finance at Omnius. Omnius is an artificial intelligence as a service, working specifically with insurance companies. It speeds up the claims process and helps insurers make fast, transparent, and empathetic decisions. It also saves them lots of time and money. While building the finance function at Omnius and several other companies, Jana realized she was missing a playbook to follow and spent months building templates, guidelines, and all the rest. Now she's created the Startup Finance Toolbox, which we explored in detail in this conversation. We also talked about her work as a finance coach for women, preparing for a big fundraising round, and the four-day work week, something Omnius has implemented for all staff. Today's episode is brought to you by Spendesk, the all-in-one spending solution that puts finance teams in control with 100% visibility into company spend. And by CFO Connect, a global community for finance leaders. Join us at cfoconnect.eu and you can email podcast at cfoconnect.eu with any questions or feedback. Jana Ludwig Machyshev, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Patrick. Thanks for the invitation. I'm so happy to talk to you today. We're delighted to have you. And as always, I think the best place to start is um, for you to just give us you, you know, a little introduction to Jana. Let us know who you are and, and why the CFO Connect audience um, should know more about you. Yeah, I'm Jana. I'm a real finance girl by heart, I would say. I'm the VP Finance of Omnius. It's a startup based in Berlin. And in my spare time, I invented the Start Finance Toolbox. It's a playbook for startups to set up processes and finance structures. I'm a stock market enthusiast. I'm a globetrotter and a travel addict. And I live with my little family in Berlin. I have a little son, two years old, and my husband. Um, I had several callings in my life, uh, but I would say the main calling was or still is uh, setting up finance and controlling structures and processes in different companies, from medium-sized company to startups. What is it about setting up finance processes that you like so much? Yeah, I mean, it was not my plan to do this uh, at the very beginning. But uh, when I joined my first company, it's already 12 years ago, it was a very small company in the south of Germany, family owned. Mm -hmm. And when I joined, they were just bought by a very huge international corporate. And it was my task to implement the small company into the huge one. And yeah, when I saw which automation level they had, so the accounting, they used Excel. But the sum in Excel, they put with a calculator manually. So that's what the level was. And yeah, I set up everything from scratch. I automated the accounting. I implemented an ERP. I set up controlling and reporting structures. And I totally enjoyed this. I mean, it was a lot of work, but I really could see the effort afterwards. 
And after quite some time, I was bored, to be honest, of this village and Berlin was calling me and I joined a Swedish company and yeah, they were looking for somebody setting up controlling and accounting uh, structures. So I did it again and I enjoyed it again. And yeah, so I, I thought this is the story of my life. I will continue doing this. Just very quickly, that story is, is it seems to be quite typical that in the south of Germany, it's a lot of family run businesses that are trying to that are going through a real transformation at the moment. Is that right? Yeah, I think in Germany, there's a big problem with taking over companies. So there are a lot of family owned businesses, but it seems that the younger generation doesn't want to take over from, I don't know, parents or, or family. So they have real issues in, yeah, in, in, in getting it into the next generation. So a lot of businesses are being sold. And mm. um, yeah, exactly this one as well. There were two brothers they wanted to retire, but there was nobody taking over the business from the family, so they sold it. Yeah, it's just something that I've come across that I find really interesting. If you talk to people, as soon as they start talking about Berlin, it's one thing. And then when they say south, the south of Germany, Bavaria, Munich, etc., uh, it's just a whole different um, type of company that to tends to totally. exist down there. And in terms of culture yeah. as well, I mean, yeah, it, it took me some time to get into the people after a while, I mean, it was quite nice, but yeah, they need some time to trust you. Um, but, but this in Berlin, not the case. I mean, that's, everybody is very open-minded and um, mm. yeah, totally different, but nice experience. And now you're the VP of finance at Omnius. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about that? About Omnius first. Yeah. Omnius is an, a company who is uh, dealing uh, with artificial intelligence and uh, Omnius is dealing with the insurance industry. And yeah, as you can imagine, Patrick, insurance industry are quite some dinosaurs, if you can say it like this. So processes are super manual, a lot of employees, a lot of bureaucracy. And yeah, with our product, we automate their full claims process. And we are the only company uh, who offer a full scope end-to-end -end claim automation product. So for instance, if you have an accident with your car or with your bike, it usually takes several weeks until your claim is settled. And the mm. reason is that there are so many project steps that needs to be done manually in the company. Uh, a lot of paper documents that an employee needs to check. And yeah, there is somebody typing your claim into the computer. Another one is doing the same. And with Omnius, uh, we, we are able to settle your claim within 24 hours. I mean, with the software the insurance company is using, the Omnius software, yeah, because all steps are done automatically with artificial intelligence. Do you meet much resistance when you try to present this to, as you said, kind of old-fashioned insurance companies? Are they willing to, do they want artificial intelligence or is it more, this is the way we've already always done it and we're going to stick to our, what we know? Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, luckily, our sales guys are doing this job. I yeah. think I wouldn't have the patience to do so. They are super interesting. I mean, normally these are the CIOs uh, who are interested in the things or the, uh, the boards or the CEO. They, they know they need to change. I mean, it's crystal clear. There's no way around. They need to be more digital. Mm. And then we start the process. I mean, we have a lead time of 18 months. Uh, it's not that you are talking to one person and then you sell your product. You talk at least to 30, 40 people in one company. So you sell your product 30 times. And of course, in the departments like the IT department or the, 
the um, yeah the claims department there is resistance of course they are afraid their jobs are taken away and i mean as in in, in a lot of businesses yeah everybody is afraid of digitization and uh, uh, automatization so yeah it's a long way but they need to change they know they have to change and we implemented already quite in some companies quite successfully and yeah but it's a journey it's a journey I'm I'm fascinated by that lead time. How for you? How does that impact your planning and and forecasting in the finance team? Yes, you need a very good forecasting and planning. Mm. What we are doing is we have to make sure that our pipeline is good. If the pipeline is good, we can plan probably uh, because yeah, I mean, based on experience, we know which percentage you need. Um, or which percentage you will develop into live customers when you have a, a certain pipeline. So we always have to make sure that the pipeline now is good, that we are not running into issues in 18 months, for instance. And this is how we how we track it currently. Yeah. But I mean, 18 months sounds a lot, but if you see the total contract value of such kind of companies, it's super long. You have at least 12, 13, 14, 15 years because yeah, they don't like change, and if they implemented one solution, um, then they stick. So the stickiness factor is high, and compared mm. to the lead time, it's okay. It's it's a good relation. Yeah, that makes sense. This may be a strange question, um, but I'm also interested in if if you are focusing largely on transitioning old-fashioned companies, let's call it, or traditional companies, yes, like into this. more modern, automated, artificial intelligence boosted companies. Do you ever think about what happens when you run out of traditional companies? <laughs> no, <laughs> to be honest, not. But we know yeah. my first company, it was not an, uh, an, a tech company. Uh, they were producing uh, foil, construction foil. <laughs> so mm. I'm coming out of the construction business. So Omnius is my first uh, tech startup uh, talking about um, digitization or automation or art- artificial intelligence. no. If you are going to the south of Germany, you won't run quickly out of projects, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, that's why I was I was thinking in my head that insurance is obviously a perfect fit and you're laser focused on that at the moment. But you could apply, I assume, that artificial intelligence to a whole range of different um, bureaucratic processes. The first thing I thought of was was the government whether you could use that artificial intelligence in some government processes that require a lot of manual checking. Um, but there must be lots. I, I assume you, you know, I know you're laser focused on insurance right now, but it's the kind of thing that you could think about in the future. I Absolutely. You Absolutely. Yeah. When we started, we were not focused on insurance uh, companies. Mm. We, we started with doing project work which was quite successful as well, totally different industries. But at one point, I mean, we needed to decide, do we want to develop a product or do, are we, uh, do we want to do project work? And we wanted to have a product and then you need to, to focus. It, was, it is impossible now, uh, at this stage we are at least, uh, to use this product for several industries. There will mm-hmm. be probably one point where we can implement it in several industries as well. But for the time being, I mean, and we are not running out of insurance companies. Currently, there are at least 400, 500 uh, companies worldwide, huge ones. I mean, huge ones. And it takes time. Excellent. Think you have company cash under control? You may have a process to pay people back. But company spending is so much more than expense claims. 
Spendesk gives you one system to replace your old-fashioned company cards, track online payments easily, and process supplier invoices faster than ever. Whether you're a growing startup or you've been doing this for decades, it's never too late to upgrade. Graduate from basic expenses to spend management today. Try Spendesk. What does the finance team look like? The finance team now is mm. me, the VP Finance. I have a senior accountant and I have a senior controller currently. We are a very well set team right now, but yeah, it was a journey to get there. Initially, I started alone. It was me and the hole puncher I just bought in the, at the very first day when I joined Omnius. So you can imagine how the office looked like when I entered mm. it. And despite the fact that Omnius was already one year old when I joined, I saw the mistake that a lot of startups are doing. So, of course, the founders were focusing on the idea. They wanted to crack the nut. They were focusing on business development, on finding customers. And finance was, of course, not a priority. And after one year, they recognized, oh, my God, if you're doing like this, we will fail. We have no numbers. We cannot take any decisions receipts are flying around, we have issues with the tax authorities and yeah, we need to have somebody taken care of. So I implemented um, all the key processes, uh, the structure, I put like a base of accounting hygiene at least, I uh, implemented a, a process for the tax advisor and I was looking for a tax advisor who's able to work digital. I mean, in Germany you have mm. a lot of tax advisors where you send your paper folders, which is, I mean, ridiculous. And yeah, and put some guidelines. And then I started hiring a working student, uh, helping me with all the operational stuff. I hired a junior controller, um, taking care of all those things. I mean, you cannot handle anymore by yourself. And one year ago, I decided to take the accounting in-house. I wanted to be able to take quicker decisions. It's totally fine at the beginning with a tax advisor, but I mean, yeah, then you get information you need only three, four weeks later. I mean, I wanted to see the runway and, and, and before and findings around is super important yeah, to understand, okay, when is this last cent used? I don't want to have a surprise here. And yeah, I hired an accountant. We took the accounting in-house and it, it's, yeah, it's now so uh, much, uh, much easier to take decisions, to see everything in life. And now we are in front of a B round, financing round. So I thought a few months ago, I need a controller. It's more analysis required. Um, we are working more with the numbers we have. I need to set up some customer contribution margins. I need a project controlling. Our projects are so big. I need to understand how profitable a customer is. So yeah, it was time to get more analysis. So yeah, now I have a controller as well, a senior controller. I think for the time being, for the next year, we are pretty good mm. in this constellation. And what are you focused on? Yeah, I focus on <laughs> quite some. I'm, I have uh, three areas I'm focusing on. I'm, of course, finance, pretty clear. But then mm. I have as well the legal and compliance team and I have the admin and office team. And yeah, okay, finance is clear, yeah, you uh, oversee accounting and controlling. You are the business partner of the CEO, help with the fundraising, due diligence, talk to investors, all the stuff. 
And legal, yeah, it's quite complex because in the business we are in, in the insurance uh, sector, mm. GDPR, information security, this is a huge topic. So um, we have a compliance and service manager here, but I'm, yeah, I'm the, the supervisor here. I'm overseeing this and yeah, taking care of contracts, NDAs, helping the sales team uh, with the contracts and yeah, dealing with lawyers and notaries as well uh, while fundraising. So mm. quite some, <laughs> yeah, I would say I'm an all-rounder at Omnius. Yeah, you, you sort of have to, you have to fill a lot of holes. Yeah. Mm. And are there any, I mean, obviously fundraising is, as I'm sure, something that you're thinking about a lot at the moment. Are there any other key challenges for you or for the finance team at the moment? Yeah, as you said, I mean, for the time being, I focus only at fundraising and I'm super thankful now to have the strong team in my back because otherwise mm. this would not be possible. Um, yeah, I'm preparing now the data room for the due diligence. I'm talking every day to investors, answering questions about the financial model, uh, the, the business plan and so on. And here I see again now how important it was to spend the time on setting up everything very clean and structured because now I can really focus on the output. And yeah, secondly, as I said, we are focusing a lot of, uh, on controlling right now to get better analysis, to use the data we have. We have quite good data, but now we have to use this to... To, to analyze what we have, be doing time tracking now to understand um, how much time the engineers spend on the customers and how profitable are customers. So here we put a lot of focus currently. Yeah. And if we go back to that first day when you joined <laughs> Omnius with your hole punch, tell us a little bit about, I know that you felt at the time that you just couldn't find the resources that you needed in that moment, How, what was that like when you when you were looking, sort of trying to look forward at what the finance function would look like at Omnius in the future and realizing I, I need some resources to actually help me get there? Yeah, I mean, as I did it not the first time, it was okay, it was the first time I did it at a startup. Uh, it mm. was quite overwhelming at the beginning. And I'm a quite structured person, so I just started. And I mean, yeah, it's like a joke, but we do this joke every time with this whole puncher because it was really, I went the first day and I bought this because everything was flying around. Mm. Okay, so I started um, to clean up, to sort this out. First of all, I was looking for a tax, a tax advisor. I was thinking, okay, whom can I hire first to support um, I set up some approval uh, procedures, the pre-accounting. This was, I mean, for me at this point in time, the most important thing because it was just a mess to get the receipts to the tax mm. advisor and who are approving these invoices. Nobody. Some invoices were not paid at all. Some invoices were paid twice. And yeah, this was uh, the, the, the first focus I put to have a the invoice handling and yeah, set up some email inbox with all this incoming stuff. And, and then uh, the second thing was the cash and uh, a runway planning. So we were not sure how long will the money last. Of course, I mean, we had mm. an idea and our CEO is very long-term thinking, but we didn't know exactly what is the runway. So that was the second uh, big priority to, to implement like a cash planning and uh, a budget and a forecast pro process didn't exist. There were no travel expense guidelines. So everybody was just doing what uh, he or she wanted. So I did all of these things. And then I was thinking, oh, my God, how many finance persons already in Berlin? I talked to so many people are having exactly the same 
problems and at this stage you normally don't have a budget and of course there are awesome tools i mean like spenders mm. of course I, i totally like spenders but at the beginning Thank you. they don't have money to spend on it mm. and i was googling it how to set up finances and i couldn't find anything so last year uh, omnius went on a four-day week and i decided to dedicate my friday to invent a playbook and to help startups um, building up their finance processes easily and crisp. I mean, not to waste the time and invent the wheel from scratch again and again, because the beginning mm. is basic. It can be easy, it can be crispy. And I mean, at the beginning, the CEO needs a business partner uh, who he can talk to. I mean, this is such an important period of time at the beginning. And I just uh, thought it's good to help other finance leaders not to spend this time inventing the wheel again and again and again. So, yeah. Yeah, that's why we have the Startup Finance Toolbox. Exactly. What's in the toolbox? Yeah, the toolbox consists of 10 chapters. We have like 10 crispy videos explaining a process. And for every video, you have templates and guidelines. So, for instance, there are recommendations who, uh, how to find a good tax advisor, whom to hire first, how to set up a good accounting hygiene. There are templates, I mean, how to uh, put an invoice approval process. Everything is very basic, but you don't need to think about how to set this up. There are descriptions, uh, how to set up a good email inbox approval process. There are templates for an easy cash planning. For instance, that you get um, your account statement out of the, yeah, the online banking, just like a CSV file and automate it with an, an Excel sheet. Just very small things that can help you reacting quicker. And yeah, there's a, a travel expense policy example, some accounting guidelines to help the pre-accounting putting the right things on the right accounts makes it doesn't make sense to have a cost center planning at the beginning and yeah it's like it, it it's step by st step by step helping create something valuable in a very easy way and i really like that idea of templates especially at the beginning where you know something like you mentioned an expense policy i'm sure eventually every company you know, wants to have its own version of its expense policy that mixes in the company values and that, you know, really suits each specific company. But on day one, you just need an expense policy that people can understand. And so having that template that that you as a new finance person can, can just pick up and implement with a plan in six months time to maybe revisit it and update it if that's what you want to do. But having something you can run with right away is, is such a big value, I think. Exactly. Excellent. Yeah. What's the goal for the toolbox? Yeah, my goal, I mean, my personal goal, it's quite simple. I want to help startups to survive. I mean, if you look at the numbers, nine out of 10 startups fail, 20% because of having finance issues. And I mean, not uh, having no cash available, but really they don't know how long their runway is. Being surprised by a too short runway taking the wrong decisions because of wrong and unreliable data. I believe this world needs more startups. I mean, we have so many problems to take care of. Look at the climate change, look at environmental things. And there are so many cool people outside with great ideas, but just a few with finance expertise. 
And I mean, it's ridiculous that startups fail because of process issues in finance. And I really hope with the toolbox to take away at least some percentages to stop them failing. Mm, I think it's a, it's a great um, goal, a great aim. <laughs> If you're enjoying this conversation, then you've got to check out CFO Connect, the global community for modern finance leaders, like the ones on this podcast. We host monthly events and workshops, have a private Slack group for CFOs, and a one-on-one -on -one member matching program. CFO Connect membership is free, but reserved for experienced finance leaders. So if that's you, head over to cfoconnect.eu and apply to join us. You also have been doing coaching work specifically with women in finance. Is that right? It's rather on the private side. It's a, it's a, I would say it's a private uh, heart project. Mm -hmm. I just do it, yeah, let's say in the evening when there is some, uh, some spare time. Because here I, yeah, I would say I combine my professional experience with my passion. Because when I listen to all my girlfriends, to family members... Always the same question. Yeah, I don't have money. I cannot save. I can do not this. I rely on my husband. And I just help women to take the uh, fear away from the stock market. Help them setting up a brokerage account, something like this. Um, it's a side project just to make women more independent from their partners. But I imagine it can be quite rewarding for you. I mean, it's rewarding because I really see what happened if they're take my advice, for instance, if they use arguments to ask for salary raises or if they open their first brokerage account, which is really simple, it just they just don't, are afraid to do it, nothing can happen. Or if they put their first 50 euros into a savings plan, I can really see the glow and how self-confident they are with just putting 50 euros every month on their own brokerage account. And this is just so nice to see. And in Germany, at least, it is that 50% um, the women are getting 50% less pension than men because of working part-time, taking care of kids, old parents, getting lower salaries. And I mean, mm. I want to make sure they have enough money when it comes to the cool time in life. Yeah, When they are retired, they have time. So spend the money for travel, beauty, wellness. So make sure now, uh, save your money on your own account. And it just yeah, gives me a nice feeling to, to help with this. That salary negotiation um, topic or issue is, I think, I'm hearing more and more of that um, just in my life with friends that I speak to all the time, some who are really focused on that, really dialed in on the idea that salary negotiation is actually not just something you do if you feel that you're underpaid, but it's kind of your responsibility to make sure that everybody gets paid a little bit better uh, in, their, in their roles. And it's, yeah, it's, it's such a pity women are... They are so shy and I see it when I'm receiving applications at Omnius, for instance, what men are asking for salary and what women are asking for salary, despite the fact that they are often better educated than their competitors for this role. And they are too shy to ask for races. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I really help them to find arguments. And as well, I tell women when they apply at Omnius for a position, I tell them really that what we're asking for, this is ridiculous. I'm very open with this because mm. um, I had this negotiation several times as well. I'm very stubborn, and, but I always got what I wanted. 
Uh, but a lot of women stop at a certain point in the process because they're afraid not getting the job or getting fired or whatever. And I always tell them this is not the case. Nobody will fire you because you are asking uh, a certain percentage more if you are good in what you are doing. So I really mm. support this and I, I'm very loud here, I must say. I, I talk to all the women in my circle who wants to hear, ask for it, ask for it and fight for it. So uh, yeah, I was about to ask, is that the one, is that kind of the key to the salary negotiation, just being firm and, and being confident that it's not going to cost you the role, it's something that everybody has to go through? Yeah. If you are good in what you are doing, mm. then it will never cost you the role. It's so expensive to hire a, another person to start from scratch, to, yeah, to, to onboard a person. If you hire a man, they will ask for more anyhow. And right. you lose the expertise. No company will, will do this. Never. I think that's a fantastic tip. <laughs> I wanted to go back to one thing that you said in passing, because I think everybody will be angry at me if I don't, all of the listeners. Omnius is doing a four-day work week? <laughs> yeah. We decided to make a test last year. I mean, one reason was to extend the runway a bit, to be honest. We had some uh, as well. I mean, like everybody was Corona. We were like, okay, will we get, we, we planned the B round in 2022. And we were like, okay, what uh, happens if this is not going to happen and, and all the things. So yeah, we did this experiment. We are still in this experiment. We're still thinking if we will continue or not. But I would say 80% of the employees uh, loves it and uh, for me, I mean, I was so thankful that I can use this Friday for my own things. And I would say productivity uh, didn't decrease. We reduced our meeting time. We uh, put focus time. And yeah, I mean, it's a big topic. You can do another podcast about it. But yeah, so far, I would say experiment uh, successful. But yeah, it's not closed yet. We will see. Right. So, so you're doing just one full day less of work rather than four 10-hour days. We are doing one day less of work and yeah, you can, yeah, the rest is just normal, I would say. How does that affect the hiring process? I've, I was having this conversation with my partner actually over the weekend. We were talking about it because it sounds fun. It sounds like a great thing just to work four days a week. And, and we were talking about why don't more businesses do this? So what happens today if you are looking to hire someone for a position and it becomes very clear they want five days salary? To be honest, we didn't have those cases. I mean, right. when we okay. decided to do so, there were already people hired who didn't start yet. Mm -hmm. uh, so KHR okay, called them and we were, and there was as well some higher positions they liked it. There was no issue at all. We were all surprised. We were like, okay, now we have to call and uh, what are we doing now? Hmm. No, it was very well perceived. And yeah, as I said, I think 80% uh, will not want, don't, don't want to go back on a five-day week because, I mean, you can use this day for you. And yeah, as I said, yeah. we don't see, um, we don't see uh, a decrease in um, in uh, efficiency and of course we're talking to customers some are then yeah it's not that we then say okay we don't do a call with a customer on friday it's flexible mm. um but yeah we we try to take care that then everything is balanced maybe then they take off a, another day or something and just from the conversations that you've had with team members are many of them using it you know like you to have a 
a passion project or a, a lot of people just using it to rest and do what they want to do with their spare time? Yeah, exactly like this. A lot of people are doing their own project mm. uh, and a lot of them just take it for well-being or what uh, what uh, what I heard as well uh, recently, they use it for training or getting coached or do a, uh, yeah, a training for themselves, uh, uh, acquire a new skill, learning a language, something like this. So mm. I didn't hear from anybody that uh, they are just Netflix Netflixing on Friday. Yeah. So everybody had something nice to share. And even if it's a wellness day, I mean, it's investment in yourself as well. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm very much on board. I, As I said, I was discussing this with my partner and I was really just trying to play devil's advocate, trying to think of all the bad reasons or all the reasons why you might not do it. Uh, but I'm pretty fascinated by the concept. Yeah. So I'm glad to know it's working. For us, for the yeah. time being at least, yeah. All right. Well, it's now time to turn to our quickfire questions. Yes. Um, as I say every time, these are quick questions, but you don't have to answer them quickly. You can uh, you know, <laughs> okay. take as much time as you need. So the first question, what is one finance tool you couldn't live without? My travel expense tool. This was the first tool I implemented and yeah, I couldn't live without. What, what tool is that? I'm sure everybody will be keen to hear. It's a German tool. It's circular. Okay. Yeah. And I know in Germany, things like per diems are a really big issue. So I imagine that circular. That is all covered. Yeah. So yeah. You have, I mean, you, it's, it's a, yeah, you have the app. You can scan everything. The per diems are calculated automatically. And yeah, this solved a lot of headache from the beginning. Happy to hear it. <laughs> if there was one part of your day-to-day -day you could outsource completely and forget about, what would it be? Receipts. Oh, yeah? Receipts. We have really issues. And, and I mean, at the beginning more, now it's getting less. But in German, you have a lot of rules how a receipt or an invoice should look like. If it's not looking properly, you don't. Uh, it's not tax deductible, or you can't get the VAT back. I don't know how it's in uh, other countries. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, this probably everybody knows, and you maybe as well. I mean, all non-finance people are not so dedicated uh, to sending receipts, to putting receipts on time. I mean, that's a whole spender's uh, uh, story as well. Mm. But even if you have a tool and a good process, yeah, if there is no receipt or nobody is sending you the receipts. You have the issue. So I'm talking so often with my accountant. Yeah, this receipt missing, this here. This, yeah. So short answer, receipts. Okay. Well, as as you said, um, I might know a good option for you, but we can talk about that. <laughs> Spendesk might be able to help, but we, we can talk about that later. <laughs> uh, what is the best advice you've ever received? Yeah, I was thinking uh, about this question and it came mm. immediately into my mind. Change and invest in yourself. Uh, because, yeah, you can grow only if you uh, put uh, effort in training and in coaching, invest in wellness, invest in books, invest in sports. And I just read an interview last week from Tijan Onara, and she's a Berlin female founder supporter. Mm -hmm. And she said the worst advice she ever received was, stay as you are. And I was thinking, yes, I had heard it so often with, with every birthday wish you get is, Stay as you are. And I think it's really a worse advice and not good advice. And because if you stay as you are, you can't develop yourself, you can't grow. Yeah, if I would give an advice to everybody out there, grow and develop yourself. Don't stop professional and uh, 
privately as well. Mm. And you can still be confident and sure in yourself and also be willing to change because I think that's what that uh, that advice is often saying, you know, be be you, always be you. Don't, yeah. as you said, don't be willing, don't change for anybody. But in fact, you can still be you and still be strong exactly. and confident and yeah. be open. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. like that. Which other finance leaders do you talk to or learn from regularly? Yeah, it's the CFO uh, Connect community. Yeah, I'm joining almost every tool talk. I love the Slack channel. Mm-hmm. I uh, try to go as often as I can to panels or summits because here is where the exchange is, where you talk to people, where a lot of startup uh, guys are, and I totally enjoy those conversations. And it's always so nice that there's nobody who's arrogant or is uh, looking at you weird if you ask a direct question or a very, I mean, yeah, you can ask really what what are you using, how much money you still have, and Mm. it's always very open. And yeah, it's really the CFO uh, Connect community. And I imagine that's why you joined as well. You were looking for to have yeah. those conversations. Exactly. That's why I joined. And I remember my first event, it was eight, 2018. It was mm-hmm. offline in Berlin. Mm. That was pretty nice. There was a nice panel discussion. And then the more you're joining these offline events, I mean, I really made friends as well. You always meet the same people. And yeah, I really built up a very great network with this um, community meetings. And yeah, I always can recommend... Uh, if you have the possibility, I mean, if it's not offline, but use webinars. I mean, there's so many nice things which are offered for free mm. and give you so much value. And yeah, just talk to peers, to CFOs, uh, leaders, to finance leaders. It's so nice uh, to have this exchange and get new ideas. What a phenomenal advertisement for CFO Connect. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I love this community and I cannot advertise it enough. I tell it everybody in the finance community to join this uh, network. Thank you so much for that. If you are listening and you haven't yet joined, cfoconnect.eu. You can join us there. And with that, we're going to close the podcast. Jana, I want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, It's been really insightful and enjoyable. Is there anything you'd like to say, uh, you know, before we let you go? No, I like it as well. Buy the toolbox. Yeah, check out the toolbox for sure. It does sound, I mean, as I said, the templates and resources that you can pick up and use, I just think are so valuable. So uh, I'm, I'm excited that you have that resource available for people. And of course, reach out. I mean, if you have any questions or uh, want to have as well some inspiration, I'm always happy to have chats and talks. Fantastic. Thanks again, Jana. Thank you, Patrick. CFO Year is brought to you by CFO Connect, the fastest growing global community for finance leaders. Join us for webinars and workshops, get our expert resources, and be a part of an exclusive Slack group just for CFOs. Join the community and exchange ideas with CFOs from the most exciting companies in the world. Just visit cfoconnect.eu.